That, you know, it's like how kids talk about baseball players. That's how we talk about albums. We're just trying to postpone mortality. They need that to fill some kind of void that they have. The search for the Yeti. He's a duck. <laughs> well, don't interrupt. Say hello before you say goodbye. I'm Frank Garcia Hill. I'm Pat O'Brien, and and welcome to the, the Smashing, Smashing Pumpcast. Pumpcast. Yes, hello. Uh, we're back with a new episode, and we have a two-parter today. We have a good friend coming in, uh, our good friend Lauren Adams, and she's going to tell us her relationship with the Smashing Pumpkins and uh, a lot about Catholicism yeah, as well. Yeah, things get trigger warning. Things get pretty Catholic. So That's right. And then after that interview, we're going to talk about the first cassette release. If you could call it a release, I don't know if it was really a release. This is more of a demo that they could hand out to clubs and they gave to friends and stuff. Yeah, it was released through a, a speaker at some point <laughs> and it's going to be released through your speaker today. Yeah. We're going to go way back in the vault. And- to 1988 to talk about Nothing Ever Changes, the cassette, their first cassette, according to the research we've done online. And this is where we uh, want you to chime in too, because if we're we're kind of Collect. We're we're huge pumpkin heads, mm-hmm. but we do have to rely a lot on internet research and whatnot. And we know that sometimes the internet it ain't accurate. Yeah, with fake news and yep. Facebook. So you Absolutely. guys know everything we're talking about. So if about. you if there's anything that we're like, you're like, nope, that's not right time wise or anything like that, you know, feel free to chime in on our socials. But without further ado, we're gonna go to our interview with Lauren Adams. You might have seen her on The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, on Modern Family, and you will be seeing her on the upcoming Drunk History episode and the upcoming Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt special. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Smashing Pumpcast, Lauren Adams. Hi guys, thanks hi. for being here. I did have here. a pumpkin-colored sweatshirt on earlier. Pat, you're wearing a pumpkin-colored shirt. I am. You yes. Are. I almost wore it, and then I didn't, and now I feel like it's a missed opportunity for me to be pumpkin. We can fix it in well, post. We're thanks. two nerds. Every episode that we've recorded so far, we've worn a Smashing Pumpkins mm-hmm. t-shirt. You both have them on we under your have, jackets. Yeah, Smashing wow. Pumpkins t-shirts. Wow, uh, that's how hard we go. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Lauren, when we uh, we were we're close friends with you, yeah. and Pat, I think mentioned to you that we had uh, this podcast, and we we're looking for guests. Uh, believe yeah. it or not, it's hard to find other people <laughs> who share the same enthusiasm for smashing pumpkins. However, uh, we have found that people do have uh, you know some relation to the band, a connection, yeah, connection, yeah. yeah. So, just kind of before you go into your story, briefly tell us like what is your relationship with the Smashing Pumpkins? Um, being a, a teen in the nineties, mm-hmm. that's number one. I feel like that's going to be most of your guests' relationships to the Smashing Pumpkins. Being a teen in the nineties, whatever. So I'm the oldest in my family, so I'm not cool because my parents are not cool. Like we grew up listening to all oldies stations and my mom 
literally says the phrase, I've never been to a rock show. (laughs) (laughs) My mom said once, I've never been to a concert. And I stopped and I was like, you took me to my first concert, which it's actually a good first concert. It's John Denver, which is a good first concert. John Denver. Because he's wholesome and he's a country boy. But you know what? This is so weird that you bring this up. Just to not to get us too sidetracked, but I was thinking earlier about, do you guys remember or know... I don't know. I don't remember in real time, but in the eighties when they had the, um, what led to the parental advisory, uh, hearings, the PMRC, the Tipper, Gore oh. stuff. Tipper Gore's crusade oh, yeah, against right. naughty music, yep. naughty yeah. by which nature. started with no, not naughty by nature. It was two live crew. Yeah. Two live oh, crew two live was crew. a big one. And then, but I think it was the, the genesis of it was she, um, brought home a Prince album and the song Darling Nikki really like made her clutch at her pearls and she couldn't believe it. Out of all the Prince... Okay, first of all, there's a lot of problems with that. That it took her until Purple Rain to know what Prince is like. I know, Prince was filthier at the beginning Oh yeah, he's way... Dirty Mind? He has an album called Dirty Mind. Yeah, (laughs) she should have checked out Dirty Mind. Just the cover of Dirty Mind. Just the cover, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so those hearings were going on and it was was a lot of like metal bands. Like, you know, metal bands that were being like you know, referred to as like poisoning young minds and being filthy and stuff. So they, they brought in John Denver as a witness (laughs) and people thought, Oh, finally a guy on the side of decency. He's a country boy. Yeah. He's a country boy. Nice boy. Yeah. Country roads. So he, John Denver to his eternal credit was like, you can't censor music. It's fucked. Don't don't do this. This is crazy. That's a good legacy. Boy, stick it up. Boy. Oh, John Denver. Why have you made John Denver? British. He, he was. Goes, oh, you can't censor us. Oh, I don't like that. You do don't you? like it. Yeah. So anyway, he does. John Denver rocks. I like guys. that about John Denver. Yeah. And I would consider that a concert. My mom was like, oh, I didn't consider because we were like sitting down at an amphitheater. No, it's it's a big. It's not like you went to go see Raffi or something like that. It's an actual recording artist that yes. has a, a, a great body of work. Is popular. Yes. That definitely 100% and my is a true concert. Mom was like, oh, because she didn't consider it a quote unquote rock show, as she says, which she's never but I mean, been. It kind of is a rock show. I, I mean, think so I too. Think so, yeah. That'd be like it's, if you saw James Taylor or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah. I would consider that a concert. Exactly. So I. I I am. I was not cool. That is to show you that I was like not a cool kid who had like cool, like older sibling music taste or like cool older cousin music mm-hmm. taste. I was the oldest cousin that lived on our side of the co- country. Like the rest of the older cousins live in California, and they might have been cool. I don't know. They might have influenced my music. So I was like the oldest kid I was around until we got a cool babysitter. Hell yes. yes. That's the hack. Hell yes. Lori was so cool and she like drove a vintage bug that had like a hole in the floor like an old 70s VW bug and she was really into the Grateful Dead and she like was like super into Pearl Jam and super into Smashing Pumpkins and super nice. into Nirvana and I got a little slice of cool music taste. I'm in love with her already. She, Lori's the <laughs> coolest and she lives in Seattle now, which is hilarious. And she like yeah. introduced me to Seattle grunge <laughs> music. How driving. much older was she than you? No, she is like six years older than okay. me. Six or seven. So she ties into the story really nicely too. So I'm glad I, I mentioned Lori. I didn't even realize that she tied into my Smashing Pumpkins connection. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have cool music taste. So like, I was kind of a loser in middle school. I was not a cool kid. 
I was really trying to be cool all the time and like wear the wear the right shoes. I would like I was like if I buy the, we wore uniforms. So I went to Catholic mm. school. That's important to this too. We wore uniforms and I would like still get made fun of for being a loser. And I'm like we're wearing the same thing. And right. I was like okay, I have to buy the exact same gym shoes as all the girls. So any little leeway, anything where there the, any subtle room yes. for a difference yes. that was that could make Ugh, you a target or a, absolutely. And my mom like. Was again, my mom wasn't cool, so like nobody was helping me be cool. My mom like didn't get it. She was like, I don't understand why you need those Nikes versus these ones. There was no right. like sensible parents' point of view. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because my mom and dad, I think my dad was cool growing up, but he was older than my mom, and I don't think he like understood what being cool was in our era. So, um, I transferred schools in seventh grade to go to an all girls Catholic high school new lease on life no one knows I'm not cool at that school I make myself cool mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> I make myself cool and confident and also girls are nicer when they're just around other girls was my experience and so like we no one really made fun of anyone when I went to that middle school that's great because that's very rare in a middle school I mean truly there sort of a damning uh, judgment of boys you I know, mean, they I, seem to be the poison element it's in this. more of a damning ele- uh, judgment of co-ed education yeah yeah mm. you I gotta f- keep you them know? separated yeah. that's, hey, for the, that's for the offspring podcast that's for our offspring <laughs> podcast oh yeah coming soon so I got confirmed in the Catholic Church. As did I. Me too. Three Listen, Catholics. Three Catholic little babies. Sitting in a garage. Three Catholic babies sitting <laughs> in a garage. Um, and we'll get into it. Billy Corgan also raised Catholic. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's important to just for the story. So um, it's 1985. We're taking confirmation classes. I remember saying to my mom, I feel slightly uncomfortable agreeing to be an adult in the church for the rest of my life because I am 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And 14 years old. And my mom, I remember looking at me and going, if you want to go to the, your high school, at the same school you're going to right now, you will get confirmed. Otherwise, you're going to public school with a bunch of strangers. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So I agreed and I went. And we had to go on our confirmation retreat with my old class at the parish Our Lady oh. of Mercy. So we had to, like, that That was where we were getting confirmed because my school was Catholic but didn't have a church attached. Yeah. So... So you got to go back and face these... We got to all go on a retreat kids. together. Okay. We got to go to, like, a weird farmhouse in rural, I think, Maryland. It might have been rural Virginia. It's the D.C. area. We go to a weird farmhouse for, like, two nights and we, like, have a confirmation retreat. And it's co-ed and everyone's going to be there. I'm... Nervous for a number of reasons. One, will my cool new friends at my all-girls school know I'm a loser? Like, what in my mind, I was like, they're all going to tell them. They're going to expose you. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be like, Lauren isn't cool, and then I'm going to have to go back to Holy Child and not be cool again. Um, and two boys, and I'm in eighth yeah. grade. That's this sounds like a, a nightmare, a stress nightmare. It is a stress nightmare. It is a stress nightmare. You were glad, you were, I mean, on a scale of one to ten, how happy were you to be out of that school and moving on? Ten. Okay. Full 10 of happiness to be out of that school. So, you guys, my biggest takeaway from the confirmation retreat is it was the weekend that Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness came out on CD. It was that weekend. It is 1995. It is October. And somebody has gotten it. 
someone has the CD, either like pre-order, I don't even know if we were doing that back then, <laughs> or like waited in line for it, yeah. but somebody has it and it is plays on a loop the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. I remember nothing else from the retreat. I wow. remember none of the Catholicism. I remember sitting... You remember having to break down the wall between you and Jesus? Yeah, no, no. Did you have <laughs> to do that? Full, yeah, Ooh, at ours we it's had... It's all very scary, we had a retreat, isn't it? And we had to um, close our eyes and imagine that there was a brick wall between us and Jesus and we had a... Uh, dismantled the brick wall piece by piece. And once we're on the other side, we can truly be with Jesus. And everybody was crying and stuff. And my cousin and I, we were like looking at each other like, I don't feel anything. (laughs) It's very scary. It's very, very scary. Catholicism is very scary. (laughs) Oh, yeah. In many ways. That was the the era of like midnight sales. Did you ever do that? Like whenever an album would come. That's what I assume it was. Because like either that or you would go to... For me, it was hard because uh, Walmart was the closest like record store, and they only sold clean versions. Clean versions, yeah. And so Which I, I had remember to wait. specifically Tipper Gore not wanting clean versions. No, that's are you kidding me? I was at no least way. cool enough for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. See, so <laughs> you got good instincts, John Denver. <laughs> dirty versions. It's all kind of making yeah. sense. So uh, you're listening to this album nonstop. I just remember being in the big like main room which was like a brown carpeted like wooden room with lots of windows in this retreat center and I remember like all it was like a social time or like a check-in with your peers time and I remember it being like almost a big sort of semi-circle and I remember there being like a boom box Mm -hmm. like a CD changing device and that it was playing in there I like so specifically remember it and that someone was passing around the CD booklet which is yeah. like yeah isn't the CD booklet a thing that you very much miss yes or oh the my t- god the yeah, and yeah. That, one. that one in particular specifically because there's the the booklet with the lyrics and then there's the other uh inserts that had like the pictures and the yeah it, uh, it had so much to give in terms of tons. being a cd a it was one of the big literally the biggest cds of yeah. the 90s that double that, cd yeah and yeah, the booklet was was um, it outsold part of it. Michael Jackson's history, which was the that was like the biggest selling double album at that time. But look where he is now. Speaking of the Catholic <laughs> Church, it's all Patrick. Patrick Darcy O'Brien. Oh, you get over here! Oh. I'm gonna slap that wrist. Father Michael Jackson <laughs> has gotten himself <laughs> transferred to a new parish. <laughs> Yeah, but that book when I bought the um, the vinyl uh, of Melancholy, it has a bigger version of those mm-hmm. things, and I was oh, like, that's I, I like exciting. lost my goddamn mind because I was like, oh my god! I actually have. I think I told you about this about how like my copy has a grease stain. My mom took me to McDonald's, <laughs> and my fat little ass got like <laughs> was like so excited to open it up that like the che- or not uh, the um, the uh, fry grease. Got it, and I was like pissed off. I was like, "No, no. I ruined that it. paper was especially receptive to, to grease, to oils, the brown yeah. paper." Um, so this, uh, yeah, I totally know what you mean. I also know I, with with this band in particular, I do remember like being a big fan of them before I had all the CDs. And this, like, I would bar like the CDs were just kind of going around. Yeah, it was like. Some people had them. You were kind of aware of who had them. Yeah. And then certainly in a, you know, in a situation like that, an overnight thing, it's like the holder of the CDs decides what the soundtrack is. I remember that it was mostly boys around, like around the, I keep calling it a boombox, but 
that's what we would have called it, right? It was it was like a, like CD changer, a big CD yeah. changer with speakers, and I'm sure the speakers detached if you wanted to like put it in your nice living room, but it also could be all one piece. Um, I remember it being mostly boys around there, and I remember like being an eighth grade girl and like wanting to be cool enough to like talk to boys about the Smashing Pumpkins, but I know nothing about the Smashing Pumpkins other than like hit songs that everybody mm, would know. Right. I'd be like, oh, I'm so glad to hear the song, but. Um, but yeah, that's like the number one thing I remember from any confirmation. I don't remember breaking down the wall to Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't remember any of the rules. I remember picking my confirm. Ooh, what are your confirmation names? I sim- I was being a wise ass and I just chose my own name because I similarly was like, <laughs> Mom, I don't think I want to yeah, do this. Yeah, because it's really scary. Yeah. yeah, and she was like, y- You're you doing have to it. do this. <laughs> yeah. So I, that was my subtle rebellion was to just do my just to do Patrick. We had a couple girls who chose boys' names as subtle rebellions. Oh, they nice. were like picked Sebastian. Oh. What's your company? Luke. Because oh, of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and then my godson is Luke. Luke. His name is Luke. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was mine was Luke because, uh, yeah, I just was like, I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. And then I was like, well, what's a cool name? And I was like, how cool yeah, spice Star Wars. Yeah. I wish that I was like cooler. Again, I'm not cool. <laughs> I picked Anne because it was like my sister's middle name, my mom's middle name, my grandma's name. And I was like, that'll do. Yeah, well, it's a good, it's a fun, I guess it's one of those rare moments in your life where you like get a chance to kind of rename yourself. You could, where you get to yeah. choose yeah. another name. So you're Frank. What's your middle name? Donovan. Frank Donovan Luke Garcia Hale. Mm-hmm. I'm Lauren Conlon Ann Adams, and you're Patrick Darcy Patrick O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yep>. so good. <laughs> I never heard it strung up. They never like made Patrick a string Patrick Darcy like Patrick O'Brien. It's <laughs> the only oh, way to make it more. You can't see it, but he just transformed into a just a leprechaun, and I ran away. Yeah, it's the, I guess it's the only way to make it more Irish, more on the nose Irish sounding. Right. So tell us more about what what went down at this. This is a two nighter, a two it's night a two overnighter night retreat. Yeah, and you're in like a facility of we're some in a kind. Facility like all uh, open bunk rooms, single sex, of course. Yeah. God of bless. Um, Catholic Church, mm-hmm. um, and. I don't remember there being a lot of funny business. Like I went to, uh, I went to Bible camp and there were like a lot of hand jobs and I was like, Oh, cool. Okay. Interesting. Um, there's a lot of hand jobs happening at this Catholic camp. Oh, it was a Christian camp. It wasn't specifically Catholic, but like this Catholic retreat, there wasn't any like funny business like that happening. Maybe there was like, some canoodling. I do remember someone had a cigarette, like a a cigarette. And mine, there was one, kid who was like the bad kid and he uh would go into the woods he would sneak out go into the woods and do cocaine oh Whoa. damn that's real bad. i know we were like what the fuck Whoa. what kind of music was that kid listening to? he was listening he was like into corn before anybody like he was like corn. corn's first album and he was listening to like at like like some pretty hardcore rap at that time too yeah yeah, yeah. and he would he would wear more a, like a weed kid than a coke thing, kid. Yeah. this kid i mean he would also wear starter jackets so that he could in class he would put the coke uh, wait this is a kid with a problem yeah no he would put the coke in the uh, grooves of his <gasps> pretend to put his head down like he was taking a nap damn like that, and he'd sniff, and he'd. This kid was pretty bad. <laughs> wow. So uh, yeah, corn. Yeah, you take corn fans who got into corn like once they were cool, they're into weed. But diehard, <laughs> but like the diehard, diehard OG <laughs> corn yeah. kids, they were blowing rails off the uh, starter jacket. <laughs> Holy smoke! That's so funny. I do remember when we arrived at the retreat. We like went on buses or in vans, and. Um, 
it was probably like a hundred kids. So like the Our Lady of Mercy class had like 30 kids in it. We had like 15 in my class. And then there were probably like a couple other sprinklings of girls and boys from other like single sex schools that mm-hmm. didn't have like a um, parish attached to them like a church where you could get confirmed. Um, and, oh yeah, there were like, the modern day boys were there and they were like hotties, you know? Right. That's who I was trying to like mack on. And they were not Smashing Pumpkins boys. They were like two, they were like DMB kids. You know? Oh, okay. oh, right. I thought you were going to say like third day or something like, you know, uh, those Christian. Like, oh, yeah, no, not yeah. Christian, just like preppy bros. I see, I see. Um, it's so funny because you guys might agree with this and I think this is a hilarious, I think this is an arrested development joke. I forget where this joke is from, but it's like somebody says something about someone being Christian and they say like, oh, we're not Christian, we're Catholic because it's like, (laughs) even though it's the same, it's like not the same. Catholics are like, we're not Christian and I'm like, yeah, we are. And because it's different, right? Yeah. It's like different. Like Catholics aren't into Christian music the way like Christians are into Christian music. Right. Yeah. It, it is a, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking right? about. Yeah. It's like being Christian is like an American Southern cultural thing that I it's feel like, like Texans. They were like, yes. they're like, they feel like they're their own. I mean, I, I grew up in Texas, but like, yeah, it's like they feel separate. Like they're their own nation. Yeah, something. they'd be like, "We're not American. We're Texan. We're Texan. Yeah. It's sort right, of a similar right. thing, it's a little right? Bit like that, yeah. Yeah. Even though so I was all... a Catholic Texan, which was even more. Like... I do feel like I don't meet a lot of Catholic Texans. There was, yeah. I mean, my, uh, yeah, because where I grew up was uh, very Czech and Mexican. Oh yeah, like like all the um, kolaches, right? Yeah, those we are had the, Czech, uh, the, the Czech stop. Yeah, we had the uh, polka festival, or they still have the polka yeah. festival where I grew up in Texas. Uh, polka festival every year, and yeah, kolaches. Kolaches are for who people who don't know, like the most amazing pig in a blanket you can ever get. Yeah, oh, I was wondering. It's like a little sausage inside, like a little roll, and they also make sweet ones too. Yeah, the sweet ones were my favorite because those are basically like Danishes. Yeah, the sweet ones are like little Danishes. They're like little Danishes. I've and had those the ones are the with ones sausages like, and jalapeno in them. Th- those are good too, but that was a, yeah. Anyway. I remember, speaking of Christian music and confirmation, I don't think we went on a an overnight retreat from my confirmation class, but I do remember we went on sort of a, an all-day field trip mm-hmm. um, retreat to the local seminary where the young priests are training, which... Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it wa- it's this... I just got an update about this place from my mom oh, on the no. phone the other day. I'm scared. Any Catholic updates are not good. Any Catholic update is not good. And the Catholic Church in Buffalo, I'm sorry to say, is especially not in good shape. <laughs> but there's the Washington D.C. one is really yeah. Bad. Actually, probably mine the, wasn't too. Yeah, the none of them are great. They're not no. good. Yeah, they're not um, good. But so we went. Uh, it, you know, we were. This was. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but we were. You know, whatever age you are, sixteen. I had a couple of like good friends who were in my CCD class, my confirmation class, which I went to public school, so it was like a separate. Yeah, we thing. used to call you guys the Central City Dump Kids. Oh, Isn't that so fucked. Damn. We, Hell and, yeah. and it was like a real thing where it was like, okay, boys and girls, the CCD kids are coming to class tonight, so anything you, you care about in your desk, take it out. Oh well, I totally believe it. I mean, like <laughs> we were the most like I can't even describe how. Um, uh, not engaged with the <laughs> lesson plan that yeah. we were, but you know, it, like it, it was a smattering of kids who had like sort of split off and gone to different schools. My one friend Mary was 
I think she did go to a Catholic all girls school, but some for some reason she had to keep going. I don't know. It's probably she the was, same as my Catholic all girls school. If it doesn't have a parish associated with yeah, it, you still got to go was, to this, CCD This was class. like where her family went to church, yeah. and this was we went in like the basement of yeah, the church. Exactly so, the same thing. Anyway, Mary and we, I are the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, we um, go to the seminary where the which is this old sprawling castle, basically, like on a, on a, a, a huge, huge plot of land in sort of an otherwise suburban town, just like a, a nature reserve with this sprawl. I don't know how many rooms that are uh, that were in it, but like it looked like hundreds. It, <laughs> and they were exactly two young men living in there. Whoa. Two priests total Whoa. in training. Because we no one wants to be a priest. Yeah, even 20 years ago or whenever it was, it was, like, it was like, yeah, it was not, they Pass. weren't breaking down the doors. Yeah. Um, so we, and it was sort of like the day was structured like indoor and outdoor. We had to like do, I remember having to sort of do something where we walk around and come back and report on like, I don't know what God put out in nature or something. I remember seeing a dead bunny in the pond. <laughs> Here's so what I, God put out. Patrick Darcy, Patrick O'Brien. I mean, it no. was there. So, I, but then the the boys, the two kind of rabbit in a hole. Hold on, <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta unpack this. So they said, go find God's glory out in the wild. I think that was the gist of it. And yeah, that, makes, that the, sounds Catholic. The thing that you saw was a dead, dead bunny bunny mm-hmm. in a pond. Yeah, that's pretty profound. Well, I think that's like what did you a, come back and say? I, th- I think I, or maybe we had to write it or even draw it or something. <laughs> I did whatever I was told. I was like, I will draw this. I will write this. <laughs> um, so I did report on that. Um, and I think a lot of people saw it, it was pretty like <laughs> alarming. <laughs> Grim. But they speaking of Christian music, the 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 one thing that these guys these guys, these two priests in training were sort of our hosts for the day. And by the end of the, they started the day with their energy levels, like very high. And we wore them down, like really bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. These guys were As stressed teens out. teens are want to do. Teens yeah. are bad. I'm scared of We teens. were secular. We were like, you know, like uh, secular kids being made to do this. And, but they, they serenaded us with a jars of clay song. The one guy got on the <gasps> piano oh, boy. and sang that jars of clay song, oh, the big one. one. Lift me up, the one oh, that's flood? like the. And if I can swim, yeah, I think it's called flood. At flood, yeah, because yeah. that was the one that actually crossed over into yeah. mainstream. Yeah, yeah, I knew that one, and yeah. I think that was the idea. He was like, he was like, we'll get them, we'll get them. Yeah, the and it was. It was now uh, they'll really understand it, that you could tell that was the goal. Like these the kids like rock J-O-C. and roll. They like John Denver. It, so the the guy saying that by the end they were being driven nuts. But then cut to a few days ago, I was on the phone with my mom and we got to talk. Oh, because um, Cassie and I went to go see Sinead O'Connor uh, yeah. perform. Yeah. I meant to Catholic. ask you about that. Yeah, speaking of some Speak, Catholic yeah, bald, bald headed Catholic <laughs> singers. Um, she was incredible. I, I will say, oh. I was jealous. Yeah, yeah, she was fantastic. She's amazing. She sounds so good. She's Muslim now. She wears like a hijab, and she's like she she was great. She was yeah. so good. Um, but I told my mom about that that we went to see her, and then we got to talking about. Um, and my mom is sort of uh, a, sh- she was raised Catholic. She is She's a, clicked back a little bit? Sh- a, a lot. Good. She's like, um, because she, you know, sees the Catholic Church as like 
uh, a crime ring detecting it, pedophiles. It you, is. Which is what it is. So we were talking about how, you know, that's what Sinead O'Connor was doing when she ripped up the picture of the Pope. She was merely trying to raise awareness, yeah. make a statement on an issue that everyone was like, fuck you, Sinead, yeah. you know, but it's like, we're all in agreement now. now we're like, like no, this yeah, she was right. That, she was yeah. totally yeah. right. We totally vilified her for no reason. Yeah. yeah. So Which then, we are want to do with oh, women. Oh, absolutely. The people <laughs> yeah, really absolutely. went out. Yeah. She, yeah. And she kind of got like canceled before it was, yeah. and, and for what, and for, you know, such noble reasons. Anyway. Yeah. Did she do that on SNL? Yes, yeah, It was yeah. SNL. Yeah. Um, Fight the real uh, enemy, right? Fight the real enemy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe it was not specific enough. I don't know, but that's what she was trying to say. Anyway, so that got us talking about the state of the Catholic Church in Buffalo, which is really bad. They're maybe going to declare bankruptcy because they've had to pay out so many settlements. And she happened to tell me that this seminary where we took our confirmation retreat is closing because <gasps> of all the... Um, Sexual misconduct that has taken place oh, on the premises. They're just scrapping the whole thing. That bunny it's, killed itself because it what it had Yeah, saw. the bunny yep. was not a good omen. Oh, but so man. they decided that this thing cannot even continue to function uh, as it's a gone. seminary. It's just closing down because, and I, I, I don't even. Yeah, I, yeah, it might make it, it, like it a, a studio for jars of clay. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, like, I don't know, Ani DeFranco will buy it, which she has done uh, with uh, old churches in Buffalo. Oh, really? Oh, that's she right. bought one in the city that she made, like, a concert hall oh, that's nice. slash oh. recording studio. It's nice um, to turn them into a positive influence yeah, on yeah. the yeah. community. So, anyway, all that to say, um, the the place where we went, where the priests get trained, is is shuttered because of all the bad stuff. I that wonder if there. ours is shuttered. So I know when we went a couple of times, we, it, it was called like Bishop Claggett retreat center and it's somewhere in Maryland. I, I think maybe Bishop that's Claggett Claggett. Yeah. I think oh. that's his last name. Claggett um, sounds like a Looney Tunes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It does sound fake. Um, but the, I think that that was now I want to look it up. Um, the retreat center that we mostly went on our retreats to. And it was like, yeah, in the middle of nowhere, like knowing what the Catholic Church was up to, they shouldn't have been allowed right. to take any kids into the middle of <laughs> oh nowhere. That's true. Wait, Bishop so Packet Center, yeah. Uh, kind of to bring it back to pumpkins a little bit. So when you're listening to when you're listening to this stuff nonstop, did anything resonate with you? Did you finally? Or did you be like, well, I'm just gonna kind of go along with this. It doesn't really. I, I don't really like anything from this. Or was there something you heard? You're like, oh, actually, I kind of like this. I thought it was cool. And I remember, do you know how sometimes there is music that instantly transports you? Like, I feel like I yeah. hear anything on that album and I can like smell the retreat center mm, and like yeah. see, imagine myself sitting on the carpet looking across the way at the guys like listening to it on the, like I really can remember. And I remember at one point like walking across the circle to like talk to a boy, either like we got called over or like we were like, let's go ask a question or whatever. I just feel like I'm in eighth grade again when mm-hmm. I like, hear all of those songs. For better yeah. or for worse. Yeah, yeah, for better or for worse. I and I- I'm pleased to say that like nobody made fun of me on the retreat from my old school and like my re- reputation of my new school wasn't tarnished when I left. Good. So, um, you know, I must have seemed cool enough. It was also always stressful to wear plain clothes when you were a Catholic school kid because you didn't really ever like this is your first time to show like what your style oh, yeah. choices were. You're opening were. yourself up to a world a of 
judgment. World. Yes, and it's a weekend. Like I have to come up with like four outfits. I have a question. Mm. So they're allowing you to listen to this album, right? Yeah. There's some pretty blasphemous True. Uh, stuff. I mean, like no I remember my mom adults listening. losing her mind a little <gasps> bit over the fact that at first when Bullet with Butterfly Wings came out, she was just like what is this Jesus stuff that he's singing about? Mm-hmm. And then saw the video. I was like, there's a lot of like kind of imagery. That's yeah. Kind of, and then for zero saying God is empty, just God like is me. Empty. No getting around that. No getting and around the that. music even drops out for that part. Yeah. He's like, very that's, an prominent. that's the acapella portion <laughs> of the album. God is empty, just like me. And then in the second disc, you get a lot of stuff like tales of a scorched earth, the stuff that's like a little heavier and mm-hmm. weirder. And I, I did any of that kind of pop up where people are like, what are you listening to? What is this? I don't think I here's another thing. I can't remember any adults from the weekend. Oh, I like in my mind. <laughs> I'm like, like I don't think anyone. I don't think any of our religion teachers from my middle school went. None of the Holy Child teachers went. It was like you're going to the Our Lady of Mercy retreat, so you'll be on your way. And like I went to Our Lady of Mercy for three years, and my brother and sister went there for like K through twelve. So they went there for so I know all the like priests. And the one nun that would have been there. So like I can't remember what adult. I don't have any image of the adults in my mind. And no, nobody ever said like, what are you kids listening to? Huh. Hmm. Um, good news. The Bishop Claggett Center is thriving. Oh, good. Oh, good. good for thriving. that. It's got 4.6 stars on Google. See, if only Google reviews existed back in the day, I we know. could have avoided this whole mess. People <laughs> love the food. The staff is so nice. Best retreat center. Superb value. Let's look at what the one star is. Should we see what the Uh-oh. one star review for Bishop Claggett is? I hope it's I not did child not, molestation. Yeah, no, it better not be child molestation. <laughs> I it wish I be, could give it zero stars. It should be like, you know, being like, I didn't feel the presence of Jesus at all. At all. I didn't. I broke through my door and Jesus wasn't he on the was other not side. There. Um, Zero stars. Uh, Andrew Castle does not have anything to say. He just gave it one star. No, um, he uploaded two photos of it. Yeah. He gave, but he's given the higher Regency in Bethesda five stars and the Double Tree Hotel in Laurel, Laurel five stars. So, so, kind of so more of a hotel, more of a hotel, yeah. kind of a hotel guy. guy, not yeah. a retreat. <laughs> he doesn't like the retreat centers, yeah. but he likes. It looks like they've totally renovated it and redone it since I've been he there. He was able to break down that wall in the jacuzzi. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, when you, I guess now with this uh, history, uh, what's what's your relationship with the band now? Um. My relationship with the band now, I mean, I don't think it doesn't really come up ever other than I'm like so nostalgic for it. It instantly mm-hmm. takes yeah. me back. So yeah. say like they come back through and Pat and are like, uh, like, hey, Lauren, do you want to come see the Smashing Pumpkins with us? Would you do it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I absolutely would. So because I, I hesitate because my wife likes the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, however, when I, I mean, granted she was pregnant at the time, but when I saw them last time, I was like, it's going to be a three hour show. Mm-hmm. And she was like, absolutely of not. Of just them. <laughs> Listen, I've seen Bruce Springsteen. I had an ex who was really into Bruce Springsteen uh-huh. and I saw Bruce Springsteen in concert like more than five times. And I'm um, like three of those five times were just the river album. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. I- I've seen a three hour Bruce Springsteen concert and it was Really awesome. All, yeah. So I'd see a three-hour smashing nice. movie. All right. Nice. All right. It's settled. Just one last thing. I remember my th- this album. I like it. It doesn't mean as much to me as Melancholy does, but one that transports me back to a situation mm. like that vividly. It was like a boy-girl party. <gasps> Someone was controlling the boombox. There were like five CDs sort of splayed out. 
But if I look at the cover of Rage Against the Machine's Evil Empire, oh, yeah. the yellow one with the little hockey boy on it, <laughs> that takes me back immediately to this basement boy-girl party, which felt like very cool. Yep. Uh, same feeling of like walking across the room, yes. feeling like, whoa, this they're is coming heavy back. stuff. Yeah, just yeah, they're also back. coming back. They're gonna... Nothing's new, is it? No, we yeah. should go see Rage Against the Machine, too. That yeah. one I'll... That one I'll Pass. your child for. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, no, she's going with me. Oh, actually, she's a huge, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. She's, she loves she's an emo. ATM. She can get a little emo, moody. She really, yeah. Yeah, she really can. Uh, she has the same taste in music as I do. Does All, she really? She does love pop music, though. But one thing that made me very happy was she, uh, the Beverly Hills Cop theme came on and she started dancing to it. Oh, and I nice. thought it was nice. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's my child. Genetic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So where can people find you? Where do you want people to find you? I, the only social I have is my Instagram, and it's I'm Lauren Adams, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's the only place that I am. Yep. So if you want to follow me there, I also I guess have an alternative Instagram that is a skincare Instagram for face mask reviews nice. called Masking for Trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. If you want something equally as niche as the Smashing Pumpkins oh. podcast, come to my Masking for Trouble Instagram. Great. So that's and arguable. Then, Everyone has a face. <laughs> yeah. And then we can see you uh, in an upcoming episode of Drunk History. By yep. the time this comes out, it might already be out. Uh, and same with the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt uh, special. Yeah, the interactive special on the Netflix. interactive special. This is going to be cool. Yeah, it's uh, the first I'm really comedy one. So yeah. we'll see. And yeah, I play Gretchen in a little section of that, which is my normal role. And then I'm the voice of Yuko, which... If you watch it on a device you're not supposed to, you'll see me oh, talking oh. as Yuko. Oh, wow. She says, you can't watch it on this device. Wow. You need a oh, smart nice. TV. Yeah. Cool. Huh. That's great. Um, well, Lauren, thank you so much. Thanks, I feel like we worked some stuff out with the hopefully the Catholic yeah. Church shape. We've up. solved it. Yeah. We should buy the retreat center in yeah, Buffalo. I know. <laughs> turn it into, well, maybe we could record this podcast. That's there. right. We'll and it would it be our podcast. pledge that no one gets molested <laughs> or touched in any kind of That's unwanted way. That's a good way. pledge. That should be every space. Yeah. yeah every podcast, at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should take the pledge. And we challenge other podcasts out there to take the, yeah, pledge. Take the pledge. Step up, okay? <laughs> no child molestation by 2021. We're going to give you a year. <laughs> well, thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Thanks, Lauren. Guys. So we are back and we're going to talk about the 1988 cassette, Nothing Ever Changes. So, uh, Pat, if you don't mind, I'm just going to give a little history here leading up to this moment. And uh, a lot of pumpkin heads know this, but if you are not familiar, this is the history of Smashing Pumpkins or Billy's journey is that Billy was in a goth rock band in Florida called The Marked. Uh, It was in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, then he moved to Chicago or moved back to Chicago and he worked at a record store where he met Mr. James Eha. They started playing some shows and they were using a drum machine. And then uh, Billy met Darcy arguing outside of a show, arguing about the band, the Dan Reed Network, uh, where one of them thought they sucked and the other one thought they were great. And then he found out that she played bass and he's like, Hey, you want to join my band? And they're still arguing to this to, day. To, the, to this day, as you've heard in our, our episode where we cover Billy's solo show, it's still a sore yeah. spot. <laughs> so anyway, they, uh, they played a show at the Avalon nightclub. The Metro owner agreed to book the band if they got a live drummer. And that is where we add the addition of jazz drummer, 
Jimmy Chamberlain, and he changed the sound of the band. In October 5th, 1988, they played the Metro with a full band. So this is around the time that they made these demos, and as you'll hear with some of these, we can hear the definitely a different sound, uh, definitely a different Pumpkins than the one we're familiar with. But without further ado, we're going to take a listen to the first track. And what is the first track from this cassette, the Nothing Ever Changes cassette, Pat? The first song is called The Vigil. And All right. here it is now. Let's take a listen. Definitely, and maybe this is just the tape recording technology, but yeah, you can already hear this sort of uh, the shoegaziness of it. Absolutely, and I we, we ripped uh, these tracks from online uh, in our socials, and uh, the description will actually give thanks to the people that we uh, who uploaded these. In that we ripped from, so the quality is going to be a little low because of the the age of the cassette, and then also the loss of quality when it gets uploaded it's online, and it's also ripped from YouTube. So yeah, to me, immediately, this part right here was not my favorite. The backing vocals of like I think it's James. They're like, right. It feels a little rough to me. Uh, but the sound is very like Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah, I even uh, hear a little kind of Galaxy 500 vibe, maybe. Yeah, I was thinking the church because uh, the acoustic guitar with the chorus. Yeah, like, yeah. A lot of that. And like his vocals are very much like uh, like the church or like a uh, Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah. Um. All right, should we get a taste of the next track? You know what it also kind of reminds me of a little bit is like Psychedelic Furs. Yeah. A little bit of that, like, for sure. Okay, we can move on to the next song. Uh, Well, before we move on to the next song, thoughts about that song, overall thoughts? Um, I'm going to say I I think it's okay. I think it's fun to listen to. I think it it rocks a little, but I think it's kind of cute, honestly. Yeah. I think there's like, you could feel the seeds there, but it's... it's, it feels amateurish, but like there's uh, there's definitely something good. Yeah, there's definitely something special there that if I were you know a talent booker for my club and somebody handed me this tape, I'd be like, yeah, there's a lot of potential here. Yeah. Uh, great. So now we're moving on to our second track, which is what coming up next. We have nothing and everything. Now this one has a weird mix. I, I couldn't tell if it was just because of the upload. But do you hear that? Like, it sounds like it's being played on a, like a real player. Remember mm-hmm. that that audio player? It's got a little bit of a like, whoa, 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 like a garbage. Yeah. But I think that might be what was intended because the rest of the song doesn't have that. Only with that guitar part. You hear that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems maybe intentional. This feels very sounds very more like Judas Priest, like with that like guitar part. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to sound like, from this part on, like the cult. Yeah. Are you familiar with the cult? Um, what's their big hit? Uh, she Sells Sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably the biggest one. Firewoman. This definitely um, rocks a little. Yeah. But his vocals are very reminiscent of like Ian Asbury from uh, The Cult. 
It's like very Judas Priesty solo. Mm-hmm. They even have like a little bit of the harmony stuff going on. So can we, uh, let's go to, when are we at? So coming up at 1.38. Hold on. Here goes. See, that's very Ian Asbury, that. Let's skip to 325. That's the bridge. I like that part a lot. And then if you go to 420. <laughs> yeah, gladly. <laughs> they do this cool palm mute. That part is awesome. But I'm a Metallica fan and I kind of like it. Yeah, very, a lot of yeah. metal influence here. Yeah. I guess that's the thing is they, they have more to do with... Um, whereas like a lot of their contemporaries kind of trickled out of like punk influence right like nirvana punk and like pixies and stuff they definitely are uh, unabashedly um very metal goth heads. yeah metalhead metal and goth shoegaze yeah. freaks um we all right. to this rip roaring solo as well yeah this is a real metalhead solo that sounds like that right there feels very kirk hammett or like uh Yngwie malmstein <laughs> super metally so overall thoughts about that one? I like it. I don't know if it needs to be almost six minutes long. Oh boy! But uh, I think I think it could maybe be edited down a little bit. But I think it rips a little bit. I would like to hear them play this now. I would like to hear them play this song now too. Yeah, gang, if you're listening, you gotta do it. So up next we got holiday. Yep, get ready, Madonna's holiday. Time to celebrate. Just kidding. But it, and it starts holiday. with a drum machine. So to me, this song sounds very, very Jesus and Mary Chain. Mm-hmm. Because we're so much better than everybody else. Because so, so many other people are complete rubbish. There's a hint of My Bloody Valentine with the guitars. The bass is pretty cool. I'm hearing more of the bass in this mix. But that part right there where he just said, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait, isn't that very reminiscent of Suffer? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, what do you think, Pat? I think this is fun. It's showing a different side of things than the more metal track we just heard. It, yeah. it, you know, Billy's... Um, I've always liked Billy's uh, singing voice because of the fact that he's not like an American Idol <laughs> caliber singer, which I don't think I don't think is is a bad thing at all. That's on full display here. It's got kind of a cuteness to it because of that. You could definitely hear the sort of like kids who want to be in a band shining through. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of fun. I, I, I love the I love their shoegaze side in general. So, Me too. Um, I kind of wish they'd have. A, I mean, they do in later years, of course. You know, with like 1979 having a little bit of that like, yeah. 80s pop, but then like also with like raindrops and sun showers, like that song. Mm-hmm. It's like the the 
bass hook on that is very new ordery and it's yeah i think they still have it in them wish they did it more to be honest with you because hearing some of this a lot of this stuff that we're hearing on these cassettes too are going to be on mashed potatoes which we'll cover in a later episode i love this sound like i it's very jesus and mary chain and i i fucking love jesus and mary chain yeah maybe with the new album they'll uh with he and james working together from scratch maybe so we'll excited get a about little more that. of that all right so excited to hear the new album so then the next song on this tape yep is called cross this beginning sounds like um def leopard mm-hmm. but then that bass comes in with that chorus flange sound, and now it sounds very Faith Era Cure. Very gothy. I love, by the way, that Florida was such a goth hub. Oh, yeah. Uh, huge right. goth And hub. I guess it maybe still is. I have no idea. Yeah, there's like, well, there's a huge goth and metal scene that was in Florida, or is yeah. in Florida. And a lot of like kind of like the new metal stuff kind of sprung out of Florida. It's so funny. Really? So what better place than Florida? What better place to be goth than Florida? Yeah, so because just wearing it's a, all black and just the humid right. heat. <laughs> there used to be, and I don't really like you know this kind of old Vice style uh, form of like looking at pictures to make fun of people, but there used to be a blog called Goth and Hot Weather that was very oh, funny. Yeah. It was just that was me. Just that. It was, <laughs> Just people with leather uh, chaps and stri- just very hot-looking things in, you know, like uh, Disney World-like setting. Just the amount of sweat that happens in uh, leather pants, black right. leather pants. In, in, in temperate climates, yeah. let, alone, <laughs> let alone a very hot, humid place. Now, yeah, this very, sounds very much like Faith in Pornography era cured to me. Mm-hmm. And then the, the vocals sound very Bauhaus-y. 142, did we already pass it? We're coming up right about now. That little uh, drum part sounds kind of awkward to me. And to me, that sounds like they were trying to do a very Susie and the Banshees Mm. type of kind of weird time signature and melodic. Yeah, I'm hearing that. Yeah. I love Susie too. Me too. Very cure, very, uh, very, yeah. It almost kind of sounds like a fretless bass, too. I mean, it's not, but yeah. it kind of has a little bit of that kind of, you know what I mean? That Tis like the era. If you listen to some um, early Peter Gabriel or even a little bit of the early failure stuff, you have that fretless bass stuff. The first Pearl Jam album has the fretless bass in the little like musical section. Oh, really? Yeah. So overall thoughts on this? I like it. It's a creeper. It's a slow. It, it's it's. I'm a big Cure head. Um, Me too. I'm a big Susie head, and I, I love the sort of uh, sound palette that all those bands play with, and that they're playing with here. So yeah, I could easily do a Cure podcast too, because <laughs> I love them so much. And if our listeners don't watch out, maybe we, we will. might do it. Um, I saw Robert Smith do an interview uh, for the NME Awards. And he, because they were talking about touring and playing in parts of the world they'd never played in before. But mm-hmm. he said, and this isn't true, Robert Smith kind of like, kind of just kind of throwing off this comedy. He's like, it's probably the last time we'll play there ever. We played each show as if it was going to be our last show. And in some 
cases, it will be the last time we ever play in those countries. You know? Right. And it made me sad because I was realizing, I was like, yeah, they're they're getting older. One day we're going to lose Robert Smith. I know, and it's easy to take him for granted because we haven't lost him yet. I remember reading an interview or just a little like mini blurb in like a Rolling Stone or something with Robert Smith, probably 16 years ago or something. And he was like, he was like saying something similar. Like, yeah, we'll probably hang it up soon, you know? And he said that back in, uh, before disintegration came out. Right. He said that back in the days of kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. He's always been saying that. He even said something to the effect of like, can you imagine me with you know with yeah. lipstick and teased hair when I'm 50? And he's well past 50 now. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. I mean, so. But he's still. They sound great. I saw them a few years ago at Madison Square Garden, and we had floor seats for it, and it was absolutely just hands down one of the best shows I've ever seen. And it was so magical and so awesome. I gotta get myself to see the Cure one. You have to. They're gonna be touring again, so you have to. You gotta go see. Maybe we can go see them. But I'm uh, totally down. Yeah, they yeah. were here. They had that Cure fest with like Deftones and a few other people. I wanted to see that too because I I haven't seen Deftones. I actually like Deftones, but uh, I haven't seen them since White Pony, and I kind of don't want to see them because I'm like that's kind of the for me. I think like that's the pinnacle of their. Yeah, there's something to be said for that to kind of know if you feel like you've experienced the apex of something. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I have to. That's why I'm kind of on the fence of seeing The Cure again, because I feel like I've seen them. I've seen them a lot uh, through the years. But Mm -hmm. like that to me felt like that Madison Square Garden show. I'm like, I don't know if I can top this. So uh, overall thoughts, Pat, about this first cassette. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's, uh, you know, I, I think um, the goth elements are cool. Um, I love the shoegaze stuff. I think there's going to be more of that to come in these other tapes. But yeah, it feels overall like um, you're starting to feel some some elements of what the band will become. You're starting to, you're hearing some things that some some styles that they will kind of discard. But it seems like if I were, it seems like the kind of, if I were in a band, now or then, this is like the kind of stuff I would be tinkering around with. So I say, I say more power to them. Yeah, I thought, I mean, there, there's a lot of potential on this cassette. And there's some stuff that I wish I would hear a little bit more with like their newer stuff. Yeah, I always I always wish for that, especially with the the shoegazy stuff. And I think Billy on his Instagram, if you guys follow his Instagram, he recently or last year did sort of a poll a fan poll of what's your favorite deep deep cut Uh and he was like you know it it was this level of like these cassettes i I think um, maybe jenna forever was was listed as one of them so he's they're on his mind you know yeah well because then also with the return of his gish guitar he was like kind of reminiscing about that but some of the new album he wrote uh with the gish guitar I'm kind of eager to see like what kind of ghost came out. Yeah, that, yeah. That are gonna appear, especially with recording with James and Jimmy again for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I think I think it'll be exciting, and also having kind of done or not the first time because he did. I guess they did the last one, but this yeah, feels it's more, like a full like where they wrote together. Yeah, I feel like yeah. maybe he wrote that previous the that stuff on his own, and right. they, they recorded it together. I don't know, but um, it also feels like since they've toured the world and they've done the big sort of play all the hits type shows, it feels like they'll probably start cycling in some deeper, weirder cuts. On I tour. would love to hear if they did a tour where 
like even for the encore, say like just for the encore, they mm-hmm. did like three or four songs from like maybe these early days, pre-Gish, yeah. Gish B-side era. I would be ecstatic. Take my money. Take my Take money. Take all please, my money. Please. Clean please. me out, Billy. We'll get <laughs> Clean me out, Billy. Yeah, clean me, clean out, me out, Billy. That was going to be the other the name of this podcast, but clean we decided out, to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, anyway, we're gonna as the episodes uh, continue, we're gonna continue going through these uh, these tapes. We're gonna be digging deep into the vault and going yeah. through these. We're gonna try to. I know there's gonna be stuff that we're gonna miss because I even with my research, I was like, oh, even on the cassettes, there are other tracks that have recordings but weren't on these cassettes. But then they play live or they somehow I, on YouTube, you can find all this stuff on YouTube. If you do a deep dive and you do enough research, uh, people have uploaded this stuff and God bless them. And I, I, I will credit the people that we've ripped these songs from. And I was going to say, uh, yeah, so we're going to cover the other cassettes and even the first single, like the official releases leading up to when we start to uh, cover the full albums. Yep. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Absolutely. And in the meantime, emptiness is loneliness, and we are out of here. Out of here. here.